to Marvelicious Toys. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more. Because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. They're not just toys. They're Marvelicious. Marvelicious Toys year-end review show. In addition to myself, Marjorie, we have some special guests. First of all, we have Justin and Arnie with us. Hi there. Hi. We're not special. No, you're. Well, you are, but in a totally different way. <laughs> but we also have Jerry and Barron with us this time. Hey guys, yep, this is Jerry here, and I am the segment host for the Timely Reviews here on Marvelicious Toys, and great to be here reviewing 2011. Hey everybody, it's Barron, and I am the podcast enhancer for Marvelicious Toys, and it's been a great year, and I'm very excited to be included in the Year in Review show. Well, I, for one, am glad that you guys are here. That means that you guys have come out of the closet and started admitting that you've got the Marvel bug like the rest of us. <laughs> it's kind of funny because all of us met because of our Star Wars toy buying, and now all of us are over in the Marvel aisle. Which is funny you bring that up, Cozy, because as soon as I started posting on the FB site that I was buying some Marvel, I got a message from Jerry. It says, hey, uh, have you always been collecting Marvel or are you just got the bug? You know, did the Arnie kind of talk you into it? And, and I've actually been picking up things here and there, but I do have to admit, after the show started, it got me going again. Yeah, I mean, I hope my timely review segments demonstrate that Marvel is something that I have dipped my hands in in the past from time to time. You know, before Star Wars hit back again in 95, Marvel and X-Men collecting the, the Toy Biz action figures, I mean, that was my thing. I bought a lot of X-Men Spider-Man figures, you know, all the way up through 1998. And through the years, I was mostly staying away from the toys, but I was picking up a lot of the comics, you know, definitely X-Men comics, Spider-Man comics, Ultimate Spider-Man. So I was mostly into the comics when it came to Marvel and definitely like clothes and piggy banks and stuff like that, but not so much the toys. But once they went to three and three quarter inch, I bet you that's where it became a little more difficult to say no to them, right? I could not resist those three and three quarter inch <laughs> toys. I mean, that's my thing is the three and three quarter inch and they're just so wonderful detailed and so true to what they're supposed to look like. Kind of what I had problem with the toy biz is I didn't feel that they didn't fulfill the iconic in my mind of what they should look like, but they're getting them right on target with the Marvel universe. As far as I'm concerned, actually, interestingly enough, Justin, I easily said no to that line for about two years. And what Hasbro's done with the Marvel universe line in 2011, along with the exciting properties with the Captain America movie and Thor, and just obviously what's going to happen next year with the Avengers. I think they stepped up the game and amplified it 10 X. And that really did get me in, but 2009, 2010, I had no problem saying no to that line. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we start looking back at 2011 here? I mean, primarily we're going to be talking about the Marvel universe figs, but at the beginning of the year, one of the big things for 2011 for me were those Marvel Legends figures from Toys R Us that I passed on. They came out in late 2010, and I skipped them, and then 2011, I decided to get them and then couldn't. <laughs> yeah, they were gone pretty quick. There was a few shipments of them, but they did not stick around very long at all. There's a few packs that you might still see sitting around at a random Toys R Us here and there, namely the Winter Soldier and Black Widow set. 
But yeah, Deadpool and Warpath, either version of them. Good luck. Hulk and Valkyrie. Ugh, that one went pretty quick, too. You know, even though I didn't buy the Marvel Legends line, especially with Hasbro making them, I noticed Hulk, Valkyrie. I noticed Winter Soldier and Black Widow. But if I had seen Deadpool and Warpath, I probably would have even picked that up. Just because I, I, I tend to pick up the Deadpool things just because he, he's kind of my Boba Fett for Marvel Universe. It's like I don't know much about him. I've seen him here or there. He's cool enough in terms of his character, but he just looks awesome. I, I'd almost never pass up a cool black and red Deadpool, but I never once recall seeing that at, at Toys R Us. Yeah, those were, if you weren't there at the time, forget about it. And it, it was a nice surprise with that Deadpool set, too, because I was under the assumption that it was just going to be the old Toy Biz sculpt of Deadpool thrown in there. But no, we got a completely new sculpt and two variants on it. So that was neat for Hasbro to kind of kick off the year with, with a nod to the Marvel Legends. And of course, as we talked about last show, Marvel Legends will finally be coming back in force next year. So we'll have some of that in next year's year in review. More than just these six. But these six are what got me in on the Marvel Legends. And to be honest, I probably bought more Marvel Legends in 2011 than I will in 2012. Because in 2012, they're coming out with maybe 16. Whereas, thanks to these two packs of Toys R Us, I kind of got the Sentinel set and... The Modoc set, and then the variant Modoc set, and then the Galactus set, and then the Red Hulk set. And... <laughs> yeah, you definitely caught the Marvel Legends bug in 2011 for for a line that you weren't into at all. Started a show. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well, in the same vein of Marvel Legends, you know, Marvel Select started putting out some new stuff at the beginning of the year, too. And pretty close to the beginning of the year, we got the Deadpool. And there was two versions of that. There was Deadpool with his mask and then the pizza face unmasked Deadpool, which as a Deadpool guy myself, much like Jerry, I picked up this one. Because I'm, I'm personally selective with the select figures. I only pick up mostly, like I've said before, the bigger monster type of dudes, the Hulks, the Abominations, those guys. But Deadpool is my guy, so I got him. Justin, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I had an experience back in April where I was traveling on business, and I even texted Arnie about this. It overwhelmed me so much. There's this awesome comic book shop that I stopped in, and this guy had just about every Marvel Select figure that you, you could have you know, bought at the time. And they had, at the time, Deadpool and Juggernaut and Hulk. And I think I texted Arnie and said, you never told me how awesome this line was. And I was just, uh, I was blown away by the Hulk, specifically by the Hulk and the Juggernaut, Deadpool. I even liked the Magneto. And, you know, Deadpool somebody that I eventually later picked up. And, again, for the same reason. It's, you know, I, I love the line because the sculpting's great. It's not over-articulated. In my opinion, if, you, if you've heard me talk on the show or maybe Star Wars Action News before, I, I don't need the extreme amount of articulation that some figures get. And I think these get the articulation just about right, but at the same time are really nice, large, solid-looking figures. My local comic store has had Deadpool on the pegs there every time I go in, and I've given it some thought. I'm not that big of a Deadpool guy. I kind of... And like you, Jerry, I don't know a ton about him. What I know I like, I picked up the Deadpool Max Winter Spectacular. I've seen him in some video games. I thought he was really fun in Ultimate Alliance 2. But you mentioned Boba Fett. I think he's kind of overdone like Boba Fett is now. And so I, I feel like I'm on Deadpool Overdose. And so I don't know. I like the select line, but I've passed on him. But he's always there kind of mocking me in case I change my mind. Yeah, he feels like he might have been overproduced for just that reason. 
he has become the to their Boba Fett character. They the whole Marvel collective kind of recognized, oh, there's this ardent fan base for Deadpool. Let's exploit that and we're kind of seeing that it's it's everywhere. <laughs> and I don't think you'll have any trouble picking up a Deadpool years from now in that Marvel Select line. You know, as far as I go for Marvel Select, I'm really selective because, you know, once you start picking those up, they're at a certain scale to where the only ones that can actually dis- be displayed with your three and three quarter figures are the Hulk, the uh, Abomination, you know, so I did pick up the Hulk and stuff like that. I picked up the Jean Grey, I guess, when that one came out just because of its translu- translucency. And I like the big fiery wings that it had. But I- I'm able to display the Hulk next to my other figures. And it's a little bit out of scale, but you could kind of go with it because depending on what artist is drawing the Hulk or what artist is drawing the Juggernaut, you know, it could, it goes pretty good in the scale of saying, you know, having him go against the Human Torch or something flying around. So, you know, I, I usually stick to those as well. Here's a recommendation, Barrett. I, I did sort of the same thing that you did. Even though I didn't really get into the Marvel Legends figures when Toy Biz had them, I picked up a handful, picked up key X-Men characters and this, that, and the other. My Juggernaut and my Hulk are displayed with those. So you get Wolverine, who's about, I don't know, five and a half, six inches tall, whatever he is, next to that select juggernaut. Oh, that scale is almost perfect. And you're right. Hulk still towers all over, you know, the the Legends guys, but just enough. I think he's a little too big compared to three and three quarter inch. Although you're right, there's certainly been some instances where Hulk's drawn, you know, like the size of a building or like in some of the animated films I've seen where he's just enormous, but looks really good with the Legends figures, actually. Well, one of the things that I would like to see in the select line, you know, they did some of the movie characters this year. I picked up Thor and Loki during free comic book day when they were having a big sale i passed on cap and red skull so far i'd like to see them make a movie destroyer because i think that might go in well with the thor three and three quarter inch action figures that came out this year yeah and being a destroyer might even go well with the marvel legend thor figures that came out because we just don't know how big that damn thing is (laughs) but speaking of thor figures it was early february that we started to see those three and three quarter inch hasbro figures showing up at retail That was pretty exciting to see some new stuff. You know, we've been hearing about Thor for months beforehand and seeing the sneak peeks of figures coming and stuff like that. And before you knew it, we had the wave that had, what, two or three different versions of Thor in there, one with a cape, one without a cape, one with sleeves. It seems like so long ago that, Marjorie, you went into Target and got them to pull the case out and break street date on the Thor figs. Yeah, it was pretty easy to do, though. (laughs) It's hard to believe it was just this year. Yeah, but those that wave one is the only one I've ever seen in any of the stores, though. You know, that I'm looking for that King Loki, you know, in that three and three quarter inch scale, and I never got to see him. All I'm seeing is still, you know, one through five or whatever it was. I think I did see the Destroyer a couple times, and I think I did see both versions. So there were bits and pieces, I guess, of the other waves out. But other than that, I mean, uh, as of right now, the only place I can get him is like Entertainment Earth. Exactly. I mean, we've talked about that on the show before, obviously. And it's it's weird to see how the movie Thor figures came out. And as you said, you know, there's been waves that have not made it to retail at all. There's been a wave that has trickled out and some people have gotten it. Some people bought them online. And there's there's even more deluxe figures that are out there 
but only the first two ever made it to the shelves. And conversely, you know, the Captain America line saw all three of its waves out there with plenty of distribution. They worked their way through five or six deluxe figures. And so I don't, I mean, what, what's the difference between what happened with Thor and what happened with Cap? Is it just not selling as well? Does it come down to something like that? The movies did about the same at the box office, but Thor was a much bigger international hit. It's funny. I don't know if it's because they just shipped so many of Wave 1. It seems to me like there's far more just Captain America figures in the Cap line than there are Thor figures. I mean, there's a lot of Thors, but we just got stuck with those same six figures, and I just feel like maybe they over-distributed Wave 1 and... Wave 2 and on, barely were able to make it out. And 4, again, I'm glad I ordered that case from Entertainment Earth. It's it's all speculation on my part, but it seems like, yeah, they've just gotten stuck with Wave 1. And I think that next year, Big Lots, TJ Maxx, those types of places may have our Wave 4 figures because stores aren't going to be ordering Thor after the new year. I mean, they're going to clearance that out and move on to Avengers figures. Did anybody pick up that King Loki? You know, how how is that King Loki in the three and three-quarter scale with the big horns, you know? He's sweet. I picked him up from Entertainment Earth. I bought the case. Yeah, I, I was hopeful one day, uh, just a couple weeks ago, I found the black destroyer, the dark one that you referenced, and I was like, ooh, and then when I saw he was like the first one on the peg. And it was at Meyer. I've actually had a lot of luck at Meyer stores finding some of the later waves of both Iron Man 2 and Thor. So when I saw that Black Destroyer just like front and center, I thought, oh, there's got to be all kinds of cool stuff here. Yeah, no Sif, no King Loki. And I'm like you, uh, Baron. I, I passed on the Warriors 3. I'd seen them three or four times. I, I just picked up both Destroyers. I would get a King Loki. To me, that's the, well, not just to me, I guess that that's the iconic Loki, as you think about Loki, right? I mean, the the other two Loki figures that they made, which I think is one's just a repaint of the other, they, they look good. I mean, the the actor, I guess, kind of had that appearance in the movie, but I don't want that on my shelf. I mean, I, I have the two Destroyers, and I have two Thors, one without a helmet, one with a helmet. So I was really glad to get, you know, the, the, that later Thor with the, the, the helmet, you know, or that he, um, well, the, you know, obviously that you think of Thor wearing more often than not, but the what he was wearing during that uh, ceremony that got interrupted uh, earlier in the movie. So that's about it. If I see King Loki, I'll pick him up, but I'm, I'm very happy with the four, the, the four Thors that I got. Well, I do want to clarify. I mean, I got my Thor figures from Entertainment Earth by ordering the case, but we did see Wave 4 Thor on the pegs at Toys R Us and even a Sif, so they shipped. And then while those Thor figures were hitting, I mean, another line of figures that never made its way to retail were the new Iron Man figures, both in three and three quarter inch and then six inch. And the six inch finally did hit stores, though, around spring. Yeah, but still... Armored Avenger Iron Man never ever once shown up at retail. Whole year. We we saw previews for these carded well over a year ago. And still at every store we still have Iron Man two figures clogging the pegs. So another mystery and future TJ Maxx lineup. Barrett, Jerry, either of you really looking for those figs, interested in more Iron Man repaints or any of that? <laughs> Well, 
that last wave that had, you know, the Tony Stark racing armor and things like that, yeah, that 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 didn't do it for me as it was. I, I was excited, you know, kind of what late summer, early fall, when I was able to find some of the the other drone figures from the end of the movie. I've actually really enjoyed just relatively recently. I found the Ironmonger at that scale and the Mark One and the Mark Two. Yeah, I guess figures that are just getting reshipped in revision cases or whatever the story is. I don't really keep up with the the, the case revisions for those. But beyond that, no, no thanks. <laughs> you know, the only one I was looking forward to was that faux Hulkbuster in the six inch line because I had the old school Hulkbuster Iron Man figure with the when they had when he was riding the sled. So. You know, I picked it. I picked up that one from the six-inch Iron Man scale, and I also picked up the Hulkbuster from the comic book series. I guess it was Iron Man two comic book series Hulkbuster in the three and three-quarter inch scale. But pretty much, I stick to the three and three-quarter inch scale, and I just picked up, you know, the Mark Four, the Mark One. I loved that Tony Stark armor. So, but as far as the other ones, where it's like the heat and the the stealth and this and that and the baking Iron Man and you know the surfing Iron Man, you know they had all these different types of repaints and you know I I, I kind of passed on those, but I did pick up the iconic you know ones. I had to get the the different types of armor. I got the the three and three quarter inch Whiplash. We did have a new licensee to Marvel this year. Gentle Giant, who I've been buying their stuff for years and years, mostly their Star Wars stuff, every so often another item here or there, Indiana Jones. They got on the Marvel license with the mini busts. We picked up Squirrel Pool. Oh, I love him. He's so cute. I wanted to get a real taxidermy squirrel because there's a guy in Missouri who do the squirrels and put clothes on them and everything, and Arnie said no. Yeah, I'm not having a gimp squirrel. A <laughs> gimp dead zombie squirrel. No. But... What about you guys? They kind of have a weird line because with Bowen and Sideshow and everything, they can't really make statues. They can only do statues with vehicles or the mini busts. And the mini busts, what do you guys think of those? I've never been a huge mini bus collector. I just, I can look at them and appreciate them for what they are and understand that they're great sculpts and they look great. But I need the full figure, you know, so I've never really gotten into those. But what I kind of got excited about is the other things they have, like the... We talked about it in our gift guide, the Deadpool pencil holder. Stuff like that is shows that they're thinking in a different way and probably going to come up with some other cool stuff in the future like that. Yeah, I do like the Hulk versus Thing bookends, you know, especially if you have a graphic novel collection. What better to, like, hold them up? Yeah. And see, you know, like, I would be down for being a Deadpool fan, the Deadpool with his, you know, his Vespa and his huge bag of weapons, too. So something like that would, would definitely tickle my fancy. Yeah, I mean, as as a guy that's not a high-end collector in Marvel or even Star Wars, for that matter, uh, th- th- there's nothing about this that's going to compel me to, to cross the line. I mean, if anything's going to do that, it would be Hot Toys, but the price point alone would, would keep me from that. But they're exciting enough. The products that Gentle Giants got on tap, they're really cool for the the enthusiast who's into the high-end. Perhaps, Yarny, uh, I, I can see you loving this. And the fact they're doing the mini-bust, I think, makes a lot of sense. But, you know, educate me a little bit. Didn't didn't Bowen have a line of mini-busts? Are they out of the minibus market in lieu of General Giant? They're still doing them. I I don't understand how licensing works, I guess, because <laughs> Bowen's coming out with some really cool minibus time and time again. I mean, I love their Eternity minibus, if you can call it that. I mean, it was huge, but they have the line of minibus that just keeps on going, and General Giant's doing minibusts also. I mean, I 
guess in theory you can license all kinds of people to do anything you want if that's how you want to treat your property. I mean, if unless you negotiate it to be an exclusive license, which apparently Bowen and Gentle Giant have not. But you know what? I got into the minibus with Star Wars. I honestly regret it. I think that my minibus purchases for Marvel will be few and far between. I really came close on that Captain America movie bust because it was so good. But I looked at it, I'm like, you know, it's half a person and it's half a hot toy. I'm just going to get the hot toy. And if they come, the Hulk bust was really cool looking when I saw it in person. There's some that just draw me in, but... It's got to be a perfect sculpt of the perfect character for me to bite, be it Bowen or Gentle Giant. Here's what they have to be really careful to do is not glut the market. With the Star Wars license, the Gentle Giant minibus were coming out, it seemed like, two and three a month for a while. And they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel with some of the characters and some of the poses and how many different ones, C-3PO's, do you need that are just like, you know, this one's a shade darker than this one and this one's missing a piece. And they've already kind of started that with the black cat where there was the exclusive one you could only get at GeneralGiant.com with the red ruby Mm -hmm. and then the regular version. And so, I don't know, I liked the black cat piece. It was an interesting start and the the Spider-Man that was the Premier Guild exclusive. I like their offerings, but I've just, I've been down that road and I've seen what happens when you have 50 mini busts and I just don't want to do that again. I'd rather just have the hot toys or the statues, something bigger rather than a I've whole noticed lot a recurring theme here. You are Regret. now. <laughs> no, I, he equates things and how much of a hot toy they are. I really screwed that up. That sounds on this. great, but how many hot toys is this going to cost me? Yeah, that's kind of what I feel like. Well, honey, our power bill this year, this month is one and a half hot toys. <laughs> that's what I kind of feel like. Your car payment is three hot toys a month, so you go ahead and drive that Hummer. I like my car. So do you go to like, uh, you know, Target and say, hey, wow, they got four Marvel Universe figures. That's .006 Hot Toys. Can I tell you what really pisses me off is before Christmas, Toys R Us is running ads. We've got Hot Toys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I'd be like, you do? (laughs) Well, you better be glad they don't because they'd mark them up about 15%. (laughs) I'm like, exclusive iron what? Yeah, he'd he'd really skew the Hot Toys currency if they started selling them at Toys R Us. Now, I think we got to get into this because just a couple weeks ago on Star Wars Action News, Barrett was there for our year in review show, and we talked a little bit about Hot Toys for Star Wars. And Justin, maybe you can do what Jerry and Marjorie and I couldn't and convince him these aren't dolls. <laughs> these, these these aren't your daddy's dolls anyway <laughs> i tell you what if you want to stay away from a money suck then keep telling yourself that they're dolls and never ever look at one in person because that's <laughs> the only way to save yourself the hassle of be falling in love with these things that is so true because it was just about one week and one year ago today that Marjorie gave me Mech Test Tony Stark. And before that, some people had said, please, don't cover Hot Toys. You'll cost me too much money if you cover Hot Toys. And I looked, and Justin was telling me how he pre-ordered War Machine. And I'm like, at that price, you go ahead, buster. (laughs) And then I got Mech Test Tony Stark. And the world changed. It was like, you know how they say that once you've done meth, all you want to do is more meth? (laughs) 
That's what it's like getting a hot toy. I'm sorry. I don't think I've ever heard that before, Arnie. <laughs> oh, come on. Danny Bonaducci said it. <laughs> All he wanted was more meth yeah. and a few transvestites to beat up on. Yeah, because he said, oh, no, I'll be able to do it. It's not that addictive. He took one hit. He's like, we need to get, we need to get more of this shit. <laughs> if we're going to compare our beloved hot toys to a drug, it should be at least a cool designer drug, you know? I did concede to the fact that the Iron Man Hot Toys war machine was pretty awesome. It's just – it seems to me that when you get to the human side, you know, like like you have the mech tech Tony Stark, the gantry part of it is pretty cool, you know? And then it just looks like he's ripping apart a really good-looking Ken doll with the whole Tony Stark element to it. I just cannot get over the fact, and maybe this is a good thing, like you said, Justin, that you know something in my mind is a barrier when it comes to human flesh on a 12-inch doll that it looks like a doll to me. But I, I do have to concede that when I was when you guys had the show and you were kind of uh, doing a little review on the Iron Man Mark IV armor. The the paint application is just kind of it just looks like a car application. You know, it's very metallic-y and and it looks like metal, you know. So I'm sure if I had one in my hand with all the different accessories and the hands and stuff like that it has and the little damage from being in battles, it probably looks really cool. But I just can't get over the fact that the human ones, the human ones just look like dolls. I mean, I mean, come on. That Hugh Jackman with the pants, with the jeans. That didn't look like Ken, Malibu Ken jeans on there, you know, with the stitching. I mean, oh, I, just... I don't know. They're, they're so well scaled, though. I mean, the zippers are teeny tiny little zippers to scale. You know, on a Ken doll, they just use the smallest zipper they can find. But okay, Hot Toys so... manufactures little teeny tiny zippers. And so buttons. the Ken doll is the poor man's Hot Toy, basically. That's all it is. <laughs> I, I will concede that with the human characters... Most of the times, the joints are best left, you know, covered with a long sleeve or pants or whatever. But even that Wolverine that you were just talking about, they did a great job with the hair on his arms and his elbows and his his shoulders. You don't you don't really notice the seams that you might on a cheaper 12 inch doll. Well, I think I may have to just continue to have that blockage in my brain to keep from me from spending three hundred dollars a pop, you know, on the on a new type of collection. But the non-human characters seem to do a lot better. Even, the, you know, even that Spider-Man one, you know, it just kind of looks like, a, you know, he's in pajamas or something. I mean, you know, I, I think because it's kind of saggy in, in some places and it has a little room in other places. And it just kind of reminds me of the guys who are walking down, you know, Hollywood Boulevard in the summertime, you know, in a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> in person, there's nothing like that. I mean, it's just got enough movement where I can pose him, but it just looks movie accurate well i noticed i didn't get one from either one of you guys in, for christmas so you're not trying to talk me into too too much <laughs> not for two or three hundred dollars no i'm not you can call dolls. <laughs> i mean it sounds to me like there, there's a whole new uh, uh armor variant for uh, iron man i mean it's like it sounds like and, and i'm quoting you here arnie it's like instead of hulk buster armor it sounds like wallet buster armor iron man is kind of what the, maybe they should be calling that it's like <laughs> <laughs> well yeah personally my rule is if it's not in a movie don't even show it to me because you can end up spending easily 1500 bucks on things that in a few years might be like wait what why did i get a, a white and black war machine but that's that's my personal taste but the thing is if you kick yourself later you're kicking yourself all the way to the bank as they sell for more money than you would have paid. Very true. 
You know, I will say this. You guys, uh, you guys mentioned that there's going to be a Captain America Hot Toys coming out in the in the original first Avenger Captain America costume. Mine arrived, and I had to put him straight into a box. I've never even got to open him and look at him, but I'm so wanting to. That one, for some reason, I don't know if it's because I, I I'm kind of partial to Captain America, and I like you know the red, white, right, and blue and. And that costume from the the movie is just absolutely terrific. But I would buy that one. That one does not look like a doll to me. I don't know if it's because if it's Captain America, and I could think of that as an action figure because he's an action-y character. But that one was the only one out of the humans that I would consider buying and actually display that proudly. For some reason, I do not think of that one as a doll. Okay, Baron, let's... Let me throw this test past you, okay? This is my timely review moments for this episode, the show. I have in my collection on display a series of six 10-inch figures that Toy Biz made for Spider-Man. There's no removable clothes. They, for the most part, have their masks on, you know, molded for the head. There's no removable anything. There's four Spider-Man, one Venom, and a Carnage. Are those action figures or are those dolls? They're dolls. Anything above... They have no clothes or masks anything anything that comes off. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anything above six inches, in my mind, is a doll. Once you pass (laughs) that six-inch scale, because you could could take that six-inch Hulk and... Display it with your three and three quarter inch other figures, like I said, because it depends on what artist is drawing it. It could be that tall. Once you get past that six inch scale and you go into 12 inches, Barbie scale, G.I. Joe scale. Diamond select figures are dolls because they're eight inches. If it's that's the human. Free, that is absolutely ridiculous, Barrett. <laughs> if, if they're the human ones, if it's an alien one that, you know, like you have a, a Galactus, but he's kind of alien. He's That's how I see it. You know, if, if you get past a certain inch, that six inch scale, and you start going human with it, then you might as well be slide him down Malibu Barbie slide into the pool. Well, let me throw this monkey wrench at you. Is my 18-inch Galactus a doll? Your 18-inch Galactus is not a doll because you could display that with three and three-quarter-inch figures. <laughs> because Galactus <laughs> is big and he's an alien. So that's a really a doll. big accessory for my three and three-quarter-inch figures. <laughs> yes. So maybe next year the blockage will leave and I'll be blowing $300, $400 for a doll, but not this year. <laughs> Well, Barrett, I'll say this. I can see wanting to keep that mindset, just as like we talked about the the cost that is involved with collecting this line. And I'm I'm personally doing it myself with the Star Wars line at this point. I already told myself I wasn't going to get that Luke Skywalker for the price they were asking for it. Then I realized it's actually two full figures, and so they're really only asking 150 for a figure. And I was like, oh, great. Now, now I might actually have to consider it. I can see the mind block that you're trying to put up for yourself, mm. but. But yeah, it's 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 a tricky line to get into. You know, you can go the way I did it and only pick up the ones that you absolutely love, or you can go the way Arnie does it and love every single one that they make available. Except for War Machine. <laughs> Except for War Machine so far. So far. I keep thinking about pre ordering him. I think this but should it, be a poll for the kick ass callers, you know. <laughs> they could do other people, you know, I cannot be alone in this. Oh, I bet you you're not. And I mean, I think what makes it such a great line is that you can do whatever you want with it. You can get one and be done. You know, you can be a completionist. You can get only, 
Iron Man ones. You can get only Thor ones, whatever. It's a good enough line with enough quality that hits enough collectors where they live. And it doesn't help that Ar- that Marjorie loves that Hugh Jackman one so much because it just reminds me of a little girl, you know, you know, playing with him in bed, you know, it's like a doll, you know, <laughs> it's like you don't hear of, of someone loving an action figure like that. Ouch. Ouch because of the claws. No, it's not that kind of doll. <laughs> it's very rare as if I take it to bed. Well, when you said that, you know, I love him and I love him and I just want to kiss his face. I, I didn't say re- that. Yeah, I guarantee she didn't say that. No, I, I, I didn't say that. I, that might have been me. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah, perhaps this is, you know, you're, you're projecting, Barrett, and this is what you want to do to the Hugh Jackman doll. Maybe that's the reason why I don't want to buy him. But I was just saying, my, I, I was just stating that that was one of the other reasons why I would say that was a doll, because, you know, how you love him so much. And It's not you know, like I take him out and dress him up and buy him little cars and everything. No, he rides a motorcycle. Yeah, hello. <laughs> no, he sits on a shelf and... I don't touch him because he's expensive and rare. And not a forgery. No, it's not a forgery. <laughs> so, wait, if they made a Black Widow, which they are, Baron, is that what you're going to do with ScarJo? No, I'm, I'm not a big ginger fan. So She's not a no. ginger. She's a blonde. Oh, really? Yeah. They dyed her hair red for the movie. Well, then, hell yeah, I would. Absolutely, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say we uh, close the book on the Hot Toys discussion for this year. Uh, let's let's please close out those books and pretend I never spent all that money. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I went from somebody who never really heard of Hot Toys to owning all of them, including the Mark One Iron Man and the Blade. <laughs> you definitely went all in, and I. Decided I was only going to get the ones I liked, which was most of them. And I skipped on Black Widow. And Black Widow was going for really cheap money on eBay. And I'm like, no, no Black Widow. But then to get Blade, I got Abigail Whistler. And so I was like, you know, the only one I'm not getting is Black Widow. Let me go get her. You mean she's gone up $200 since I said no? <laughs> tell you, not buying Hot Toys has never proven the right choice for me. Well... If 12-inch scale isn't the way to go, what about half-inch scale? Because this past year saw the release of the Marvel Squinkies. That is about half-inch, isn't it? Half-inch, three-quarters of an inch. You mean that's not six-inch? <laughs> man Again, <yeah>. man math. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, my son loves those Squinkies. He loves the Squinkies. You know, they're kind of just squishy marbles, you know, so he can kind of... You know, when you keep them in that little um, bubble that they come in with, you can roll them around and kind of throw them around and stuff like that. He actually keeps them in those little clear bubbles instead of uh, displaying them uh, just by themselves. And my son loves those squeakies. Does he have the Spider-Man dispenser head? You know, no, we didn't get the Spider-Man dispenser head. He has the the skull dispenser head because he was buying Squinkies before we started buying the Marvel Squinkies. We were buying like the the sports Squinkies and, you know, they have the different kind of ones. So we got actually the skull that, uh, you know, with the translucent head on the top and he keeps them in there. Oh, that's cool. I got to say, I almost got that before they came out with the Spider-Man. I'm like, God, it's Ghost Rider enough. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it really is. It's close enough. Yeah. I, I'm not all in on squinkies. I'll pick up the ones I think are cute. And I had fun, you know, buying some of the blind package two packs here and there. But, you know, recently 
the three new sets came out and Modoc is sitting in one of those sets. And I, I still feel like I need to track him down, but I don't know if I want to pay 10 bucks for just that one or hope to find him in a, in a blind package, two packs somewhere down the line. It's a shame that that's the one you need. Cause anybody else I could probably hook you up with. I spent $110 on squinkies recently, but <laughs> Modoc Marjorie's kind of bogarting all those. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just works really perfect in that scale and in that format. You know, they're all little squat things, and that's what he is anyway when you blow him up. He's just a big squat head, so <laughs> it just looks really, really extra cute when shrunk down. I have to admit, this is a, a line, if you want to call it that, that I'm not even thinking about getting into these. That's <laughs> no possibility, no chance whatsoever I'm going to go down a, a squeaky route. So uh, I, I kind of learned my lesson on the uh, Mighty Beans from uh, Star Wars, made a couple Marvel Mighty Bean purchases, and I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, what am I doing? Okay, I mean, this is, this is, no way, I'm done, done. Action figures, boom, boom, three, three and three quarter inch. Stay on target. Well, then you got the Marvel <laughs> Frenzies, too, from Tokidoki. <laughs> now Rich you're going international. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Frenzies are a little different. The Frenzies are a little bit more, uh, it seems like they put a little bit more work into the Frenzies, and they're just a little bit bigger. And don't the Frenzies have that little string that you can hang thing, hang them from. So you can put them on your backpack. You know, you can put them on your tree as ornaments and stuff like that. The frenzies are really cool. Yeah. I'm a fan of the frenzies myself. They, you know, for both these lines being just kind of cutesy, not totally accurate versions of the characters that we all know and love. The frenzies seem to have just that much more character to them. And I don't know if it's because they get the advantage of being just that much bigger than a squinky or not having to be as cutesy as a squinky, but the frenzies seem to just have that a little bit more personality to them. I like the squinkies better because they can do a little bit more with them. Marjorie was interviewed on Marvel.com specifically because she'd taken a couple of the squinkies and made a pair of earrings out of them. And they thought that was so novel and wanted to talk to female fans of Marvel Comics. They never aired that interview and they fired the person who did the interview, Grace Randolph. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Nonetheless, it's still got the interview. <laughs> and whereas the Tokidoki Frenzies, they cost a lot more. They're about five or six or seven dollars a piece, depending where you get them. And they're blind packaged, whereas you have the Squinkies for 10 bucks, you can get the whole set of 12 and be done. And then the Frenzies are heavier. I'm not quite sure what to do with them. They're zipper pulls. Well, Marjorie uses a couple of zipper pulls, but other than that, I. I, I think they're cuter, but you can't display them like figures. In the end, they just become a little tchotchke collection. And so they're the ones I, I think I'm really down with the squinkies, but the, the frenzies, they're just a little bit more expensive. I like the designs a lot better, but man, it, it's a hard thing to pay almost as much as a three and three quarter inch action figure for like an inch of cuteness. I find that very interesting that you draw the line at something that has a lot more utility to something that does not because <laughs> more than once you've, you've said, you know, what is this game that we're supposed to be able to play with the squinkies? You know, what are we supposed to do with these things? Are we supposed to roll them? We just squish them. We throw them at each other. And the frenzies actually have a utility. You know, you can put them on your, on your zipper pull. You can put them on your backpack. You can put them on your keychain. You yeah, know, but how... we're guys. So if you put them on your keychain, it's just going to poke your leg. If you put yeah, them on your backpack, not... it's just going to make you look a little bit 
silly. Well, yeah, and we're not 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said, put them on my backpack. Barrett, I don't have a backpack. <laughs> well, some of our listeners have backpacks. You know, somebody, you know, you're in college, you're 19, you have a backpack. You should see what some of the 19-year-olds are wearing. All right, I got to say this. I'm, I'm a working professional with a backpack because I have to take a laptop almost everywhere I go. <laughs> Actually, I'm with you there too, Arnie, but I'm not putting zipper pulls on them. That's, no, that, no. That, our generation of professionals isn't the briefcase thing. So there is a uh, professional uh, business backpack, but, you know. If I'm going to choose, I pick the Frenzies because they're blind packaged, which is my big weakness. Squinkies aren't all blind packaged. You can go buy a whole set. You can go buy a whole set of Frenzies. It's called eBay. It's called a case. <laughs> it's called a waste of money. No, it's not. Are they both wastes of money? I just think blind packaged is often a waste because you end up with like six Dr. Doom zipper pulls and what are you going to do with them? Let me say a thing about blind package, okay? When Mega Blocks does those little blind packaged figures, and knowing that apparently they're losing a license because I guess Lego's picking it up, right? We, you know, we learned that this year. I thought, hey, you know, they're only going to get one or two series out of these figures. Let me, I'm going to buy these. These these figures are actually pretty cool, you know, even compared to the Lego minifigures. I can't tell you how many Red Skulls and Wolverines I have from that stinking line and how long it took me to get one of the drones, Loki this, just a handful here. But I've got like four Red Skulls and three Wolverines from that line. Blind package stinks. <laughs> I like the blind package. I like not knowing what I'm going to get because then it's a it's a present that you're kind of giving yourself. You know, when you open it up, it's always a surprise. Even if it is a duplicate of something you've already purchased before, it still gives you that that little um, chemical rush when you rip it open to see what it is. And you know, it, very rarely am I disappointed when I get a duplicate. I mean, you know, you could always trade duplicates or whatever, but I still say that uh, the Tokidokis are, would be – I prefer the Tokidoki to the Squinky. Now, guys, I, I will say one thing. If the Frenzies or the Squinkies is an opportunity for ladies, let's say, or kids or, or whatever to get more into Marvel collectibles or half collectibles that maybe speak more to, to them and how, how they want to express themselves, hey, I'm all for them. But they're, I'm just saying they're, they're not for me. Hey, I take some of those Tokidokis and put them on my EMT emergency bag when I'm busting out the back of a ambulance. <laughs> I love how moments ago we established that we're not 12, yet we're spending so much time arguing <laughs> the intricacies of which is better, a squinky or a Tokidoki. <laughs> we're talking about it like it's the like it's like President Obama did when he was talking about getting bin Laden, you know, we're so serious about it. <laughs> Should we send in the missile strikes or should we send in the people? <laughs> well, we got into the Tokidoki figures right around San Diego Comic-Con. And also at San Diego Comic-Con, Baron, you were there with us when we saw the Captain America movie that opened and got all in on the Captain America figures. Yes, I was. That was a great, great experience. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for you, Artie, I would never have gotten the chance to wait in line and, and get on, actually get online, print out the tickets that were useless because people just basically showed up there. But uh, that was a really great experience for me and my son. And, you know, we got to see the movie. It was introduced by Chris Evans and he signed a shield for my son and, you know, shook his hand and stuff like that. And that was great. It really did get me excited to check out what these three and three quarter inch figures were going to be and what kind of uh, how they were going to immortalize Captain America in this first uh, movie line. 
That's right, Barrett. You met Chris Evans. You can you can clear something up for us. How yes. tall is he? He's actually pretty tall. He was taller than me. You know, I'm not that tall. I'm about five nine over the phone, but actually I'm about five seven in real life. <laughs> five and, nine over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I wouldn't be five eleven over the phone, but uh, <laughs> five nine. But uh, he was taller than me. He's actually in pretty good shape. And and uh, you know, Arnie had told the story before, but basically they told me not to say anything. But I said, you know, Chris, Chris, my kid loves you, and. You know, he came right over and, and signed the shield. He's a very, very nice guy. I do not see, you know, other celebrities who were kind of in a in a rush like that to kind of break away. And he had his, you know, I didn't have a pin on me. He had a pin himself and and signed it. So, you know, and, and Justin, you were joking, too. You were actually commenting when we were at Comic-Con. You said, you know, you could actually go see the movie or you can stand in line to get it signed. And he's like, you know, get something signed because, you know, he had an autograph session and you were like, if I was you, I would stand in line to get something signed so you can get a little FaceTime with Cap. Well, <laughs> yeah. I got a little FaceTime with Cap. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a cool experience, especially for your son, too, to be right there. You know, that's that's what Comic-Con's all about, right? Yeah, I know how to use my son to my advantage. I grabbed his arm, too, when, when, when Chris Evans was walking up the other side. Of the aisle, I, I started thinking to myself, "How am I going to get this guy to sign something?" And I grabbed my son. I was like, "Pharaoh, come on, you know." And you, how are you going to say no to a seven-year-old kid? I mean, especially you know. a seven-year-old kid with big stitches in his chin. Yeah, he had he had just fallen like the week before and uh, busted his chin open, and you know those stitches on his chin actually got us to meet uh, the cast from uh, Adventure Time as well. So, <laughs> so but that was great. So you know, I did see basically all those figures at the store you know i i had no problem getting any of the captain america figures that i wanted you know i was able to get the red skull which was kind of hard to find it seemed like that red skull that first red skull where he's holding the the cosmic cube was kind of short packed at first but if you're just a little if you were just a little bit patient you were able to find that one and then they started coming out with all the repaints and the desert camo cap and the surfboarding cap which is one of the coolest figures, I think. That Captain America with that snowboard is really, really cool. The only issue I really had with those Captain America figures wasn't the figures themselves, but the accessories that they came with. It just seemed like the guns would bend and they wouldn't hold in the hands very well. You know, the, the figures couldn't hold them. So I ended up kind of trading out some of those machine guns for some of my G.I. Joe machine guns, and it seemed to work a lot better. Yeah, and you know, you make a really good point that with this line, very few of the actual figures are hard to find. There's, you know, a few of the repaints that, you know, came later that were in the comic colors. I'm thinking of the two Hydra soldiers that came in the brighter green and yellow and the and the red skull like that. Outside of those, everything else is still pretty much available at the store, you know. It's kind of hit and miss, but you could pretty much put together a full collection of basic figures just by running around your town and looking for the ones you want. I would say there are three things that got me into collecting Marvel Universe and similar figures. And one actually isn't a Marvel Universe, but that Juggernaut Select that we talked earlier. I love that so much, that kind of got me the bug. But two things really got me into the universe. One was the X-Men six-pack that perhaps we'll talk later, the Toys R Us exclusive there. The other one was the Captain America line. I absolutely loved, and it happened to be my birthday. I, I texted Arnie when this Wave 2 hit because I had just listened to Marvel Delicious Toys, and I don't think you guys had quite found that wave. And I texted him and sent him pictures of the movie Captain America, the Red Skull, and he's like, hey, where did you find these? And I said, hey, it's a Walmart and... 
Today, you know, today's my birthday. I'm going to pick up a few of these. I thought those figures were great. And I loved also the Captain America comic figure that was in the movie line because I thought the colors were so much nicer. I didn't like the powder blue, the lighter blue that, that, that came in the Marvel Universe line. That one that was in the movie line, I just thought was fantastic. So I, I picked up three or four of those figures just that day. And, well, I guess it's been a little downhill ever since. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on paper, that line hit every aspect of the captain america university you can we got like you said comic versions we've got you know alternate versions we got some bucky caps and all that good stuff and we even got you know more arcane people like u.s agent and stuff like that so they did a good job of making it a really breadthful line as far as captain america goes my one regret with with the captain america line is that we never got a red skull with a trench coat that would have really for me rounded out the movie collection that and the red skull's car that thing was freaking cool <laughs> that would have been pretty sweet too and perhaps a red skull with the hugo weaving head would have been pretty nice as well even if it was like a swappable head that would have been pretty awesome which is very surprising because they did release a lot of captain america vehicles that were not in the movie and you would think that usually you know villains sell so you would think that they would they would give a little love to the villains, especially that cool car, you know, and the more movie accurate Red Skull with the trench coat, you know, even like a, give me a Madam Hydra or something like that. But it was very surprising that they didn't give more love to the Red Skull because he was such a striking visage in that movie. Well, Barrett, you say villains sell, but I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think that was the case in the 80s when we were all growing up, but. Look at the Spider-Man animated line or any of those. I think the key is hero cell. That's why we got 18 different Captain America, snowboarding cap and camo cap. I don't necessarily agree with you when you say villain cell. And I think that's why Captain America has four vehicles and Red Skull has to walk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you're seeing those vehicles are not selling. I mean, I didn't pick up that Jeep or, or Captain America on the motorcycle or that uh, the other Jeep or the uh, the armored transport vehicle that they had out there. I mean, I didn't pick up any of those things. Um, but again, you're not a kid, and that's who has to buy these things to make them work. These vehicles are very aimed at kids, not at collectors. Collectors who want more accurate things aren't going to pick this up, and apparently kids don't want the Red Skull to have a vehicle. <laughs> I see what you're saying, but I, I would think that, you know, we're this is Hasbro we're dealing with, and you would think that they would release at least one vehicle for the modern collector you know at least one you know that red skull car is was so cool you know you would think that if you know if you're going to release three or four different captain america vehicles you would at least release one uh, well let's let's be clear they only released two vehicles right and repainted them both there was kind right. of like a no actually there was the sky car and then there was the jeep and then the jeep got repainted then there was the big truck that came with the motorcycle so there's at least three mm. different oh, the, vehicles the three. okay see and, and i think there's a point there to balance i think i think we're both right or that both of you guys are right and i'm going to kind of come down the middle a little bit that yeah they absolutely need the things that are going to be appealing to the kids and that's why you're going to get a red white and blue jeep four-wheel drive that obviously was nowhere in the movie because hey that's captain america's car right but i am a little surprised that they did three or four releases even repainted one or two of them and we didn't even see the red skull's cool black car here let me be the voice of dissent on this line a little bit i'm kind of disappointed in this i like some of the figures we got i'm really happy with the crossbones i like the movie red skulls i like the movie caps 
But come on, it seems like both this and, to a degree, Thor missed a lot of opportunities. Thor, at least in the later waves, we didn't get them unless <laughs> she ordered online, but you had your Warriors 3, you had your Sif, you had your Heimdall. Where's Dum Dum Dugan? Where's movie-accurate Bucky? You know, where are the other backup cap heroes from this movie? Well, I think that's a clear one. The characters were not colorful at all. Yeah, where's where's movie Bucky? Those would be collector-oriented only. The one figure I did want, I wanted the Captain America when he first said, hey, I'm going to go in and, and, and get those guys, and he puts on the brown jacket and just kind of the regular helmet. He's not really in a costume yet. That, I thought, was a really cool look. I would have totally taken a figure of that, but we're not getting Dum Dum Dugan and the regular Bucky. Those they didn't have a costume. <laughs> but those are comic heroes, classic comic characters. I really looked forward to this year with Thor and Cap as a way to get some characters that haven't worked their way into the Marvel Universe line yet. And I kind of think they whiffed, and instead I got camo cap. Yeah, I mean, and obviously we're thinking about these as individually carded figures, but there's avenues that Hasbro has in employees to get figures like that out. I mean, we could have had battle packs in both movie lines that, you know, throw in one or two of those, you know, off to the side figures that kids aren't going to be attracted to and throw an exclusive cap in there. You know, they've done it before. They've done it in Star Wars. They've, they've done it with Indiana Jones line. They have ways of doing it. And even with the Captain America line, we got two comic packs that were exclusives to targets that had four figures, all of which were simultaneously on the pegs, just repainted. And I mean, I'm not saying we didn't get anything good. I really like the Kmart exclusive Captain's Pack, and I like that we got the movie characters. I just really think, based off of what they did with Iron Man 2 last year, and all the comic-accurate figures, and then the movie-accurate figures, and all of that, I really hope to see some more of that type of distribution in these movies. And Thor, because of the later waves, really gave me a lot of what I wanted in some obscurity, but not really any comic figures. And I think they could have used this opportunity to make Warriors 3 comic style, you know? And I don't ever see them having a chance to do that again. Maybe Thor 2, I suppose. Thor 2, Electric Boogaloo. But we did, with the Captain America line, get our funky Zubas pants Super Dave Osborne, Captain America, in that Fire and Ice 2-pack from Target. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a figure I was happy to get when I bought that 2-pack for like three forty-eight after Target red-tagged it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember right. how fast that went on clearance? Yeah, you were lucky ones because I picked that up immediately after uh, I had seen it. And then, you know, within a week, it seemed, within a couple of weeks, it was on clearance. <laughs> Well, here's where I was thrifty because I originally bought it at like six ninety eight when it went half off. I was like, "Oh, this is great! Six ninety eight, two figures. This is this is awesome." And then like a week or two later, it was three forty eight. I was like, well, I, "I'm taking this thing back. I'm getting I'm getting another three dollars off." <laughs> well, you know, I didn't get a lot of the figures I wanted out of the Thor and Cap lines, but. What I really was hoping they'd do is supplement the Marvel Universe line, but I don't know that it needed too much supplementing this year. It hit hard and fast, and we got a lot of Marvel Universe figures this year. 26 in the main line, plus, what, almost a dozen comic two-packs, team packs, three-packs, six-packs. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, even though the year started off kind of slow, because the first wave showed up, you know, last November and December, you know, and then it was kind of slow throughout the spring. But then right before summer, those revision cases started to hit. 
with all the coolness in there of the clear vision and the darker daredevil and all those variants that we were waiting to see which they were. And I had forgotten about it almost with all the excitement of everything else this year. But remember that store find in California at that Target that we talked about with the whole aisle just yes. Filled? That that brought back a memory. (laughs) We were just like, where is this Nirvana? (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. And then the pictures that followed up, like, we were thinking, oh, well, those are just going to clog the pegs for a while. Nope, a week later, almost everything was cleared out. So I want to live near that store, I think. You know, that's where I'll give Hasbro a lot of props this year because I think one of the things that helped me get into the line a little bit this year was the fact that I knew that some of the figures from 09 and 10 that were kind of cool that I had overlooked as being cool that I could still had a chance of getting them. I, I didn't have to assume that, oh, whatever figure you you didn't get from 09, then if you want them at all, you're going to have to eBay them. And they're so popular right now, you're paying 15 20 bucks a pop for that, which I wouldn't have done. So, you know, again, props to Hasbro for, like, keeping it relevant and making it something to where someone can jump in late and still feel like they've been around the whole time. And yeah, the and- best example of that is the flamed on human torch, which was one of the very first figures when the line started. And so many people who hopped in late had no shot at that one. And he was selling for 80 plus dollars for a year or so on eBay. Well, and- I have very good news for people. If I am truly the cooler, you will all soon be able to get another figure that was with him. Remember blade? who also only shipped in those early, early waves. Oh, yeah. As a reward to myself for getting packed up and moved out, I picked one up on eBay. I'm not going to say how much I paid. It was too much. So I'm sure he's going to be shipping first quarter next year. All right. Now I can find one. Awesome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) It won't surprise me if I do find one because, and I've had a lot of luck in Wisconsin this past year. And if the weirdest thing hit about three weeks ago, I was up there and I had a shop co and they happen to have a sale on their figures, which IE made them about the right price. I found Juggernaut. I found the the first release, Namor. I found Luke Cage and his jeans, that outfit. And there's one other figure that's not coming to me right now that I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm finding these four 2010 figures at retail and I'm paying $6.99 for them or $7.99 for them. And it, it is kind of weird how you occasionally run into a figure that you really thought was long gone. What Marvel Universe actually did for me in the summertime is when we had that big lull in Star Wars uh, shipping and distribution, you know, it was real easy for me to switch right over to the Marvel Universe. And it seemed like Marvel Universe was shipping wave after wave after wave. And I was able to use the money I was saving, quote unquote, saving off the not being able to pick up figures from Star Wars to just go ahead and picking up Marvel Universe figures and you know, when you really get down to it and you look at these three and three quarter inch interpretations of these comic book characters, they are great. They are absolutely amazing. And, you know, that you just can't be beat. I mean, besides, you know, Star Wars, the only other figures that can compare to these Marvel universes, maybe the G.I. Joe with with the different uh, accessories and stuff they have. But it was very easy for me to go ahead and pick up these Marvel Universe figures where they were there when other Toys were not. They were there for me, man. (laughs) And even further down that rabbit hole, once you start looking for Marvel Universe figures and can't find those, there's the Spider-Man Heroes and Villains line. It's there for you when Marvel Universe is not. (laughs) Or it's there for me when Target has buy one, get one free sales. (laughs) 
Hey, say what you will about those, but they had the coolest, one of the coolest figures this year were released. And Jerry, I know you picked one up because I saw it on the FB page, the Carnage. And I was able to find one a couple months ago. I think in general, the villains from that line, except for Dr. Octopus, are, are great. I love the Venom figure. Carnage is really good. Even the, the lizard. The, now, the, I think the lizard could be slapped right on a Marvel Universe card, perhaps with a slightly different paint scheme, I guess. And, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blink at that. I, I, I hope a shocker makes his way up here. I, I really like supplementing the Marvel Universe line with the villains from that line because I, I think they mesh in fine and, and they, they lack some of the articulation. But, you know, as I said earlier, that's that's fine by me. They, they, they stand better. I mean, I, I hope at some point people can realize that when you put ankle articulation in those tiny little figures, I have to readjust figures all the time on my shelf because it's not a good idea to put that kind of articulation in a, in a tiny ankle. But I know a lot of people like it. That's me. But I really appreciate how the Spider-Man line, my Venom has no articulation. I, I think the I don't even think the knees articulate and he stands perfect and looks awesome. <laughs> His knees are articulated, but oh, they uh, are okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I've always said about the Spider-Man line: is it's it's where we get the villains that we may not see elsewhere. And like you said, that lizard give him a little bit of a updated paint job, and he is he's he's Marvel Universe quality. And same with this most recent Venom. You know, maybe maybe a few more points of articulation. You know, is it would be nice if his wrist could swivel. But there's just some great sculpts in that line. Well, just like the Captain America line, though, with the Spider-Man line, you get Spider-Man, you know, he's in the water, Spider-Man, then you get one with the parachute, and you get one with the cleaver, and you get one with the rose, and you get one with this, and you get one with that. So they had pretty much every single Spider-Man. I think, Marjorie, you had mentioned that, you know, he has a spider suit for every different villain. And, you know, what does he do? Does he carry a, a briefcase around and, you know, change into it when he knows he's going to fight somebody? But they had every, they even had a snowboard Spider Man as well, and a translucent snowboard Spider Man. Well, snowboard Captain America has to go out snowboarding with somebody. <laughs> if I've been able to avoid and, you know, not actually pick up the snowboard Spider Man just yet, but someday my defenses may weaken. You know, the only thing about the Spider Man line that I didn't, that I, I would have a little gripe about is that the villains seem to be. Their paint application seemed to be a little bit better than the actual Spider-Man, you know, because you would get a black Spider-Man and he wasn't actually black. He was more of a a bluish black tone, maybe a gray, you know, in certain areas. So he wasn't actually a black, you know, Spider-Man. But when you get to a villain like the Rhino, you know, he was more kind of comic book character. But, you know, the colors, the grays and the blacks and stuff on that Rhino armor was absolutely cool, you know. And then you get to the snowboard spider-man and it just seems like the colors were just a little bit too bright for me and don't even get me started on the the water wars spider-man and venom that they had in there that kind of uh fake translucent figures that they had <laughs> well let me ask you guys what was your favorite three and three quarter inch purchase of the year be it thor spider-man captain america marvel universe even if it was one of the six packs or the comic packs I have to say, I'll give it to the X-Men pack. 
because that was probably the first Marvel Universe purchase I made, and it was it was just perfect. The, the selection of figures, it was an easy purchase to make and say, hey, now I've got the X Men team, and I've got like an instant collection, and really for the money, I think it was thirty four ninety nine, and maybe twenty nine ninety nine if you're lucky at some various Toys R Uses or whatnot. I had a coupon or whatever for six figures. That was a good price. Or forty nine ninety nine at the Disney store if you got the variant X Men pack that I got. Which, thanks to you, I got. You know, for me, I do like that X-Men pack. The variant pack was a little bit better for me because that Nightcrawler was kind of the first action figure that I owned that was had kind of like the half-translucent, half-regular paint application. So that was kind of the first figure I saw like that, and it's really cool. So it's kind of a cross between that one because I actually got two of those packs, just one, so I could open and get that Nightcrawler out and actually hold it and play with it. And... This Carnage figure from the Spider-Man line. I mean, this is the first Carnage figure that I own, you know, that uh, is in this three and three quarter inch scale. You know, I think they did have a Carnage figure that was at the six inch scale, but I think I passed on that one. Yeah, that's that's a cool figure. I dig that one quite a bit. But I think for me, I mean, there's been so many great figures and so many great characters over this last year. But the figure that I, I think I end up being most excited about, and I picked up quite a few of them because there was a sale at Target where I think it was buy one, get one free or something pretty close to that where I was getting figures for right around 350 a pop. I ended up picking a whole bunch up of the new Cyclops figure, and I'll tell you why. It's not because I'm a huge Cyclops fan, but that new body style with all that articulation and the level of detail in there is just so ripe for customizing that I couldn't pass up getting those for just you know, plain old bodies for using in future customs. So not from a character standpoint, but from what that represents for the line, that Cyclops figure really took the ball with Marvel Universe and drove it forward just that much further in terms of quality. My favorite was Destroyer from Thor. He's really cool. I think this is the variant, the one I really the like. for yeah. Obsidian one. He's a beautiful color, and I think the figure just has some great sculpting on it with all his lines and whatever his like gills i don't know what those are and then he has a light up belly he's just really cute he's like et with the light up heart he is yeah see he's not really evil but i really like him his color is just fantastic because it's like a charcoal and he looks really mean but he's not he's just doing what he's told you know the one thing i like about that figure arnie you had mentioned it before is that when the light up feature is not you know on you can't tell that he has something in his chest it looks like a solid figure and I don't know what kind of paint they used or what type of different type of plastic or whatever, but that is really cool. Just that little touch, you know, of when it, when it's not activated, the light is not activated, it looks like a complete solid figure. And I think that was really cool. And I have to say my favorite figure of the year has to go to World War Hulk. I'm surprised that, I mean, that wave really being the first wave and it held us for so long. And I had those figures out here on our desk every time we'd record, and I would just sit here and play with World War Hulk and all his articulation and all of his accessories and all of the sculpting, the coloring. It's just, I, I love that figure. I really do. And that wave, when I was thinking about my favorite figures, some real close ones were Spider-Woman, Spider-Man 2099, and Doc Samson, for crying out loud. I just, I think we had some great, great figures this year. But that first wave seems to hold a special spot in my heart. You know, Arnie, I got to agree with you. The the first two individually carded Marvel Universe figures I bought was Spider-Man 2099 and the Spider-Woman. I thought they were just way too cool to pass up. And I loved the Spider-Man 2099 figure that I had from the mid-90s 
Toy Biz line, still have it today. And I was like, wow. And I guess it told me a lot about the line. I was like, wow, they're actually making Spider-Man 2099. That is amazing. That's a great figure. And the Spider-Woman, I loved everything about those two figures. And they were probably the first two individually card ones I, I had and just was thrilled to open them and get them on a shelf and start building everything around it. Yeah, I've I've always been impressed that they didn't take the easy track with World War Hulk and just give us, you know, a redressed Hulk body that they've used before. That thing is a whole new sculpt, you know, from the head down to the feet. That's a brand new sculpt for just that figure and highly detailed and impressively painted. They really went the extra mile on that one. Now, did any of you guys play any of the Marvel video games that came out this year? We got four X-Men, Spider-Man, Cap, and Thor. I quit after you beat me in Marvel versus Capcom too oh, many times. I guess we got five. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, one, the one you didn't mention is the, actually the only one I played. <laughs> yeah, Justin, don't feel bad. I also quit after I beat you so many times. <laughs> I haven't picked the game up since. <laughs> you know, something about that game that my son, you know, was playing the, we were playing the Marvel versus Capcom, and he kept. Just, I mean, those those air combos, I could not land on the, I could not put my feet on the ground to do anything. I mean, he just learned those combos and just kept throwing me in the air. But, you know, I really like the uh, the Edge of Time. You know, we were still playing that, trying to get through that, through that game. And uh, I did not pick up the X-Men game and I did not pick up the Thor game. But we are currently playing the Edge of Time and the Captain America game. We haven't finished those yet. And I, I really like that Captain America game. It was a platform game in some ways, but there were so many places where, you know, it just all you had to do was kind of push these buttons in a sequence and stuff like that, like the jumping and stuff like that, where you really didn't have any threat of losing in that game. Like I said, we still have not finished it, but it's, it was a fun game. Nobody else played the, <laughs> the Captain America game. I didn't. I bought it. I never put it in. I never had time. But we, you know, it came right before we went to Comic Con. Comic Con is always the end of anything we were ever doing. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year, and then everything just happens and happens and happens until the start of the new year. It huh. sucks my time. The uh, the the 3D feature on that Captain America game was actually pretty good. It was pretty good 3D game. You know, we played more in 3D than we did in the regular 2D version. Something else this year, very interesting. Jerry, you and I several times have gone to Wizard World Chicago. Earlier this year, we talked on the show about how Toy Fair magazine went out of business. And Marjorie, when we were moving, I ran across so many old Toy Fairs. And what's funny is I was buying them all the time for the Star Wars stuff inside. But now I'm looking up like, ooh, this is talking about the Galactus Wave of Marvel Legends. I need to go back and read this issue. Nice. Okay, wonderful. But now it was just announced near the end of December. Did you guys hear this, that... Seamus, the guy who ran Wizard Publications and the Wizard Cons, resigned with a very nasty letter, and they are holding less Wizard Cons next year than ever before, and they're really reducing, and it's possible the entire Wizard Convention circuit could possibly go away in the future. There's going to be a Chicago one in 2012, and beyond that, who knows what's up with Wizard. Wow. I'll say this about Toy Fair magazine going away. It's, I mean, I know we're in a time with new media and it probably doesn't make enough money to keep going. And, it, you know, by the time you get it in your mailbox, the news is old and everything. But what I'm going to miss is those are little snapshots of moments in time. You know, if you pick up, like you said, Arnie, a magazine from three years ago and say, oh, yeah, I wasn't collecting Marvel Legends then. But look at these ones that were being announced as new back then. 
you know, you can't really do that with the internet unless you're using like the Wayback Machine. Every time you, every time you go to a web page, it's going to be the most current stuff. Yeah, because they don't have archives or anything. Well, you know what I'm saying, but you're not just going to like flip to it. You'd be looking for it specifically with like a toy fair. You can just pick it up randomly and take a inadvertent walk down memory lane. Okay, here here's the thing that this inadvertent walk down memory lane, Justin, probably is about 18 boxes sitting here in this room. <laughs> so I'm all for the intangible media. <laughs> I mean, Justin, you're right. One of, one of the things, just to throw a little plug out there, I was going to intentionally do a journey back into Toy Fair with the few issues I have. And I actually have the first six issues of Toy Fair. They're actually bag and boarded for me. That's just how much I enjoyed them. And not just issues one, two, three. I have the, the first two, and already I don't know if you have these as well, but the first two issues of Toy Fair magazine were actually like a spring and winter special that they came out with before they really knew if they wanted to make it a monthly issue. And you're right. If you go into those issues now, and I'm talking what this first started in 96, 97, you really get to see interesting things in those magazines, especially considering the Toy Fair did a ton of exclusive repaints on action figures, Toy Biz action figures that you could only get by, get this, mailing away for them, you know, ripping the little card out of the magazine. You know, I did that with the Molten Man and the Fantastic Four She-Hulk, the, oh heck, Firestar, Bullseye. I had a, I had a slew of them. There was some She-Venom that they're selling for a dollar a figure at most cons. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one was, that was, that was a mistake. Uh, Kitty Pride, they did a Kitty Pride figure. It was like their fourth or fifth one. So there, there was a lot to just really grasp onto with how Toy Fair particularly treated Star Wars and Marvel collectibles. And even if you just went to some of the ads, a Muck Time Toys and people like that that I don't even think exist anymore. And, and they had all kinds of advertising for, this wave of Marvel or this slew of the Spider-Man this and the Marvel Hall of Fame and she forced this. And I'm just looking at, I flip through these things all the time and just think, oh, how, you know, how sad that this is going away. But I'm, I'm glad I have these. I totally agree with the snapshot in time mentality. And anything from your past that goes under is pretty sad. Before I started going to cons and stuff like that, Toy Fair was one of the only magazines that actually covered those things you know you could actually see the people in costumes and in cosplay going there you know posing and everything like that and it made you want to become a better geek you know <laughs> toy fair it really did and you know toy fair was one of the magazines that i could pick up at barnes and noble and have a cup of coffee and sit there and read it while my son was you know looking for books or you know, or even before I was married and stuff like that it was always something that was always there. You could always go back to, you know, and it, it, it was fun looking back, you know, months and months previous and say, oh, you know what? They said this was going to be coming out in September. You know, I better start looking for this. And I just could not believe they could not find the money to keep that magazine going. I mean, they have home and better gardens. Who's buying that thing? People who don't use the Internet. It's 150 pages of just flowers. And that's that's still going? <laughs> well, here's the thing is they got rid of the magazines because they were losing money and they were trying to make a lot of money and go public with their convention circuit and cut loose the parts that were losing money. It's not that they couldn't have kept it going in some way or shape, but it just didn't make business sense to do so given what he was trying to do at the moment. 
And now he's kind of run the convention circuit into the ground, too. So it is really sad. The thing that I liked about Toy Fair was the humor. You know, there would be some exclusive news because they had the relationships with the toy companies and they'd get those picks first. But the fact that, you know, you'd turn a page and you'd see Darth Vader talking smack to Kal-El or something like that. You know what I mean? Just like the it was Robot Chicken before Robot Chicken. I mean, Matt Seinreich, who created Robot Chicken, got his start with Toy Fair magazine. And that's how he met Seth Green. And they went on and did that. So really, it all started with Toy Fair and the Twisted Toy Fair Theater. It was a sad day when I walked up to pick up my Toy Fair and realized it was there no more. Very sad day. It was a sad day when I realized that I had just renewed my subscription and was not getting a refund. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've all talked about our favorite action figure of the year, let's talk about what your favorite acquisition that you bought related to Marvel this year. Well, my favorite acquisition was, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, was I got it at Comic-Con, and I didn't have to buy it. Well, actually, I did have to buy it. It was the Captain America shield that shot the little foam projects, the foam projectiles. You know, I had dressed a Pharaoh up in his nice, in a very um, camo Captain America outfit. And, you know, when, he, when we uh, had Chris Evans come over and sign that, I think that Pharaoh might actually, or at that time, might have actually had the only autographed, Chris Evans, Captain America shield on the planet at that time. And uh, that definitely was my favorite acquisition uh, this year because it was able, I was able to, you know, meet the star of the movie. I was able to have my, you know, have that experience with my son. And, uh, you know, he's taken it to show and tell quite a few times since then. But that has to be my, my favorite acquisition of the year. Well, you know, it's hard to top that because there's, uh, you know, I won't say any really big experiences from a Marvel perspective. But my favorite acquisition that really was my springboard, and I meant, again, I mentioned this earlier as well, is that Juggernaut Select. I mean, I've, I actually like that so much, I bought it for, uh, for another person at, at work. I won't go into details, but he just used the word juggernaut all the time. It's just one of his, you know, his terms. Oh, this is going to be a juggernaut, whatever, whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to get this guy a juggernaut. He, he thought that was so amazing. He wouldn't even open it. And I'm like, yeah, you can go ahead and open it. It's a lot of fun and it's really cool. And it's not like it's a rare one of a kind. I mean, jump on Amazon or whatever, eBay, you can find a ton of them. And I, I try to get him to open it, but he's got it sitting on his desk and he just thinks it's awesome. I think he just really enjoyed the fact that a coworker would give him something that's relevant like that. But, but anyway, that was my favorite collectible. And I do want to give a nod. This isn't an acquisition, but I want to give a nod to just the fact that the movies of this year, um, you know, acquiring, I guess it was an acquisition in the sense that, you know, when X-Men First Class came out on Blu-ray, I got that day one. And I had to have that. And for Christmas, I love the fact that uh, I held off on this a little bit just to give people kind of a good gift ideas for me. I love having the Thor and the Captain America on 3D and just really enjoying that. So overall, great year for Marvel. And I, I think they've hit just on, on many different levels. That's make it really easy to be a Marvel fan. Well, I think for me, it's got to be my Korean bootleg Hot Toys Wolverine figure. <laughs> oh, did you take him in and go, mm, mm. <laughs> No, that was Barron's. <laughs> uh, no, but 
honestly, it's probably the Mark VI Iron Man Hot Toys figure. You know, I started off down that line with the uh, War Machine figure. And for all his big guns and little hidden gadgets here and there, there's something just extra special about that Mark VI with the interchangeable armor to make him battle damaged or not battle damaged and the bright red colors and the gold and all the light up features on these things. It's, we, you know, we talked about it early in the show. And if, if you've never had your hands on a Hot Toys, any one of the Iron Man figures that has his colored armor will turn you into a fan instantly and make it hard for you to say no to any of the other ones. So, but in all honesty, it's infinitely posable. It's a, you can make it a different figure every week of the year, you know, with all the different pieces it comes with. So that for me is by far my favorite piece. I have two and see, this is hard because I have two. I really love the Wolverine despite the drama over, is it a forgery or not? And it's not. I love it. It's my first high-end collectible, and it's awesome. But I also like the Frenzies, because they're just so cute and cool, and Little Hulk is adorable, and I've got them on my camera bag. I've got a camera bag of evil right now, because it's Dr. Doom and Red Skull, but they're just so dang cute. It's kind of fun, and I like them a lot, too. For me... This one's a hard one because this is the year my Marvel fandom just kind of exploded all over the place and I bought all the hot toys and a ton of Kodo fine art statues and all these figures and, you know, some of the coolest ones are figures that I got assists from like the Shocker from a listener up in Canada or the... X-Men pack from Barrent helping me out getting that. But I have to say, my favorite acquisition of the year is the only Bowen item I own. And that's the Bowen Modoc Marjorie got me for Valentine's Day. That oh, he's cute. In San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> A Valentine's Day gift in July. That thing, we just put it in the living room. And if I'm in a really bad mood, all I have to do is look at Modoc and realize things could be worse. Can it wipe your own ass? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I could be a head in a chair <laughs> with little T-Rex arms. <laughs> and it just made Marvel versus Capcom the game so much more fun because I just loved that Modoc statue so I'd always be playing as Modoc in that game and shooting those lasers from my head and so I I got to go not just because it was a gift. It's not just the sentimental value of it was a Valentine's Day gift. That's just a kick-ass piece. Uh, and I just it always brings me joy, so I gotta give that my number one spot. He's one of the last things we packed up on our move, too, because he's just so much fun to look at. He's right next to the TV, and I can just imagine him getting mad at having to watch, you know, Kitchen Nightmares or something. <laughs> Change the channel! You see, I give him a voice. I talk like Modoc. Yeah, he has his own personality around our house. Perhaps we're weird people. Did you ever think about that, Arnie? <laughs> I never thought we weren't. <laughs> That's pretty close to his uh, X-Men, his 90s X-Men voice, though. He kind of has that, change the channel, oh, that's, you know. That's, Mo that's Mojo. Oh, <laughs> yes. So what about next year, you know? Should old purchases be forgot and never I, budgeted yeah, again? You want us to forget your old purchases, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I foresee... No, the December credit card bill will take care of that. <laughs> exactly. I foresee a 2012 with even more stuff to buy. I mean, just look at the properties coming out. We've got we've got Avengers coming, which means Avengers Hot Toys, Avengers Hasbro line. We've got the return of Marvel Legends to look forward to. So, Amazing Spider-Man. 
And that's got to have a toy line, right? I mean, they were able to ignore X-Men First Class because they already had Thor and Cap. But Hasbro would be a fool to not make a Spider-Man toy line. I see, I see the death of the current Spider-Man toy line being replaced with an amazing Spider-Man line. Yeah, and we've already seen one of the prototype figures for the amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Would, so, yeah, there'll, there'll be some figures for that line, too. And that was a really cool figure at San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, I have to admit that when I first saw, you know, the suit, I was, eh. But when I saw that action figure, I'm like, there were going to be some really cool toys coming out of there. So, and then the Avengers, come on. I mean, that's going to be huge. It's going to be a huge toy line, I predict. And don't forget, Hot Toys had announced that they purchased the rights to make X-Men first class Hot Toys. And none have come out. I bet we start seeing the first ones of those this year. I predict a really cool Beast and Mystique and maybe a Magneto and, I don't know, Kevin Bacon. Maybe an Emma Frost that I can go to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whatever's coming up in 2012, you know, we know that Marvel Universe is going to produce. You know, we see some of the figures that were released that are going to be coming out. And um, so... I'm all in for Marvel. You know, it's, you know, I'm not quite there with the high end collecting yet, but as far as the three and three quarter inch, keep them coming, man. Keep them coming. And and everything they showed at New York Comic Con and San Diego Comic Con, you know, with Puck and all these other figures coming out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Scarlet Witch and the different Spider Men. Yeah. You know, that are coming out. And, uh, it's, it's, and with the new articulation that they're, that, uh, is, we're starting to see. I mean, just bring it on. That's all I have to say. Bring it on. Sounds like a very positive outlook for the year. I mean, we could be fans of DC and sitting here going, well, I don't know what properties they got coming out. I mean, other than Batman, what are we going to do this year? So I think it's a great time to be in the Marvel Universe. You know? Yeah, they don't have like the new 52 or anything to think about. <laughs> all they have is Dark Knight <laughs> and a Bane they can't understand. <laughs> well, guys, thank you for joining us for the year in review. We really appreciate it and do look forward to both your contributions in the coming year. Thanks, guys. Hey, it was great to be included on this uh, podcast to, you know, kind of shoot it around with uh, with you guys. After listening to you guys, you know, week after week after week, it's really kind of cool that I'm able to put my footprint in a, in a Marvelicious podcast. Well, Barrett, you came up with our closing tagline, so why don't you go ahead and close us out? Really? Oh, what an honor. Until next time, true collectors, make mine Marvelicious toys. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Podcast enhancement by Barrett. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Announcements by Brock. The Marvelicious theme song, Bam Pow Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lionsmouth. 
If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. I'm a segment host for the Vintage Viewpoint. Oh, geez, I can't believe I said that. I think I saw a destroyer droid. Uh, a, a destroyer droid. A destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned I, that, that'd be a good fight. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to compare our beloved hot toys to a drug, it should be at least a cool designer drug. You know? PCP? Like no, that's not designer drug. Like <laughs> that's, that's street. Yeah, ecstasy. It's a club drug. Yeah. Well, you, I did concede to the fact that the hot man, hot man, I did concede to the fact that the hot toys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must be talking about the Hugh Jackman tall. <laughs> Are we still talking about wanting more meth? <laughs> I did concede to the fact that the Iron Man. Can you say that again one more time, Barrett? Thing above six inches, in my mind, is a doll. Because I'm glad you finished that thought. So I have a doll in my pants. (laughs) Man, man. okay, Barrett, I'm done. Next topic. (laughs) Did it go up two hundred dollars because they included the pink Corvette? The pink Corvette. That's a Barbie reference. Oh, well, you know, is it? Wow. <laughs> no, it went up $200 because people saw how fine Scarlett Johansson looked in that Avengers trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that building's not the only thing that blew up. I'm just saying. <laughs> I see we're a little bit more loose over here on the Marvelicious Toys podcast than we are on the Swan podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, the difference is this stays in the show. <laughs> For some reason, the Marvelicious listeners are a body bunch. <laughs> yeah, they encourage us to go blue. Any more? I found Johnny Johnny Cage. I can't believe it, the Mortal Kombat. I found Luke. What what did I say this time, Marjorie? Listen, that imitation I did of you was not supposed to be condescending. It was supposed to be my best imitation of Marjorie, not <laughs> condescending with the voice. Yes, but apparently you think I do bad things to a doll. <laughs> <laughs> or good things, depending on who you're talking to. Mm. Any one of the Iron Man figures that has his colored armor will turn you into a fan instantly and make it hard for you to say no to any of the other ones. So that figure, you know, so, I've so just Justin, played it. Once you get your hands around 12 inches, it makes it hard to say no to another. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Welcome to 2012, everybody. <laughs> the counter for penis jokes is reset. We have one. <laughs> So DC is DC to Marvel like Trek is to Star Wars kind of thing? Is that how it works? Because I don't mess with the DC and I don't mess with the Trek. 
was going to say to no. a Marvel Star Wars fan, sure. <laughs> Original Trek is not that bad. The new Trek movie does rock. Yeah, the new Trek movie really rocks, but you got to go back to Shatner Trek. Wrath of oh. Khan, fantastic movie. Well, a rat may taste like pumpkin pie, but I'll never eat the filthy <laughs> mother. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, since you stick with just a three and three quarter inch, Barrett, does that mean that you won't even consider going way bigger, like 12 inches bigger? Until next time, true collectors, make mine Marvelicious Toys. Yeah. <laughs> we just need that to end that. Like, whichever one, says, whichever one doesn't speak, just go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. <No. laughs> Word up. Ha, 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 ha.